Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Bridge on FM 96.9 The Game. Powered by Advent Health. That is correct. Advent Health, do not forget, they are sponsoring Children's Day of Giving on December 14th. And it's your chance to help kids in the hospital this holiday season. Your your donation stays local, helps cover gas and grocery bills for families with kids undergoing treatment. It's a great cause. Visit GiveForKidsToday.com to donate. What's the theme? Cyber Monday passing, Black Friday. I figured we do songs about money, spending money. Stuff like yeah. That. Oh, yeah, a little money, money, money. Nothing like O.J. Simpson singing this song. Love, love the O.J.'s. O.J. Simpson singing lead. Who's, who's in the backup band, Daniels? Um... <coughs> I hate to break it to you, but um, it's not that OJ. Oh, it's not? Yeah. Uh, it is the OJ's, but it's not OJ Simpson. Oh, I thought it was OJ. I thought that's how the band got its name. You know, the OJ's. Uh, the uh, OJ's and the great Eddie Levert. By the way, uh, the, the, the song for the love of money, but one of the great titles to an album ever. What? Ship Ahoy. <laughs> Not Chip Ahoy, but Ship Ahoy. Ship Ahoy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Stan Van Gundy's favorite cookie, Chips Ahoy. What's that to like? Although, if you have uh, people that buy these like other flavored Chip Ahoy's, like, I, we can't be friends. It's an original Chip Ahoy, and you must stay true to the original. What, they have other, are they like Oreos? Like red velvet Chip Ahoys and all these other oh, type so, of flavors. So, so they're like Oreos. Oreos has all these Yeah, same flavors. deal. I mean, it. yeah, I have no time for you. The thing about Chips Ahoy and why they're such a good chocolate chip cookie is they're crunchy. The crunchiness of them. Now, I like a soft chocolate chip cookie, but I think you oh, also... I don't mind it. Yeah, but Chips Ahoy is not that. Right. Yeah. And they are good for dipping in milk, to Chips Ahoy. See, I... Crunchy and hard. Right. And I, the, that's exactly correct. Excellent move right? there. Excellent yeah. move. Yeah. Vrel, red Velvet Chip Ahoy. Come on, man. <laughs> is there anything better, though, than dunking the, the traditional Oreo and milk? No. Oh, getting it all soft and mushy. Yeah. And putting that in your mouth. And then there's some Oreo crumbs in your milk, and then you drink that up afterwards. Oh, yeah. How? Oh, How? Oh. Love it. All right, Daniels, before we go any further, we debated this yesterday, all right? So we're not going to debate this again, but we've been talking about it. Oh, we did a poll, greatest catch in UCF history, and we put the Alec Holler catch 
in the J.J. Wharton catch. We put the videos up at 969thegame.com. You can still go look at those videos and vote on our poll if you want. But J.J. Wharton won the poll um, as of, you know, about 8 o'clock this morning. So J.J. Wharton was winning the poll comfortably. I'm sure you probably don't what, have What, do you NBC issue. News calling it before the show ends? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but but we played the clip of you calling the J.J. Wharton catch earlier. Play the clip real real quick for Mark Daniels. Two seconds, Mike. If we're not having technical difficulties. Well, in defense yeah. of Kelly, you throw to stuff when he's got 8 million things going well, on. Daniels, this, this has been a no, thing no, today we've, for whatever no, reason. We've had, this... we've had issues. Kelly, I was yeah, trying to cover for you right there. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. I, just, yeah. I didn't deserve it. That's why. So let's get okay. straight to the clip, shall we? Here's a snap to Bortles. Blake back. Blindside pressure coming. Steps out. Buys time. There's looks. JJ, JJ's looks there. Middle Wharton. He overthrows. Oh! Okay, what I want to ask you is, great call, by the way. You and, that's Pat O'Hara, right? That's correct. Okay, great call, but but is that Frank in the background? I actually believe that's Bill Harvey. Uh, Bill's a longtime friend that... Uh, would uh, help us in the booth with stats or things like that. And I believe Bill made the trip up there for that. I think so that's, that's Bill, Bill. Harvey I, yeah. going unbelievable. Woo. I think that was Bill uh, who did that. And uh, Bill's probably listening now and uh, down in the South Florida. And I'm pretty sure that was Bill. Frank, Frank rarely shows emotion. I think he probably <laughs> was emotional uh, a little bit there. But I think that was, uh, that was Bill. And uh, so... Yeah, and I do want to correct. Yesterday I was wrong. I, I, I think on my show somebody texted, and I, and I said it was on second down. The person said it was first down. I said they were wrong, and that person was correct. When I went back, I was looking at a, at the play-by-play chart of that, and my eye looked at the wrong. So the person was right. It was a first and 10 at the 30. I hope that person's listening, so I apologize. They were right. I was wrong. Um, so it was first and 10, so they still had time if if he didn't make that catch. Well, down. but again, you're running out of time because remember the uh, – uh, the touchdown ties the game with a minute to go, and Temple's trying to win, and uh, and then UCF forces a uh, uh, a Temple punt. PJ Walker, who's playing in the NFL now, is the quarterback. How did that happen? You, UCF. Okay, so UCF scores with a minute six, so they kick off. There's so you're right. There's probably a minute left. So what did UCF have all their time? So they get the ball at the thirty. Temple completes a thirteen yard pass out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Then uh, it's it's uh, incomplete pass, a sack, um, and then a timeout and a sack. UCF gets two sacks of PJ Walker and forces a punt with 28 seconds to go, and uh, they get the ball back with 19 seconds to go at their own 30 yard line, and Bortles hits Renell Hall for 64, and that sets up uh, clocking it. And then Sean Moffitt hits a 23-yard field goal. Wow. Wow. And then who did they play the next? They had to, they had to keep winning. Who did they play after Temple? That's the thing that, that, that I was talking about uh, uh, yesterday is that, and again, you can have the fun argument about which was the bigger uh, moment. And, you know, Hollers comes in the 12th game of the season. If you go back yeah. to the 2013 year, and UCF had a lot of cardiac moments that year, so they beat Temple. They came home on a short week to play Rutgers and annihilated Rutgers. Um, 
and then uh, beat South Florida. Then came the ice game in, in, at SMU. So that was um, that was not the last game of the year. They still had uh, uh, you know three more games to play before they got to the Fiesta Bowl. So that was win number uh, eight, and then came Rutgers, South Florida, SMU, and then the bowl game. Real quick, uh, we were. You've seen a lot of UCF games. What are some other great catches in UCF history? Like, I brought up the Hail Mary that Brashad Perriman, but that wasn't a great catch. That was a great moment. Can I give you the best no catch in UCF history? Yeah. So, earlier that same season, UCF goes to Louisville and wins that game 38 35. And -hmm. Jeff Godfrey catches the touchdown pass from Blake Bortles, which is one of the great drives in UCF history. Mm hmm. The best no catch is, if you go back and look at the play, they stack three on the right side. When Bortles throws it, Rennell Hall thinks the pass is for him, and he leaps as high as he can, and the ball just gets over his fingers, and Godfrey catches it all alone in the back corner. If Rennell Hall tips it, then it's fourth down. I don't know if they score. So It's like the best no catch that Rennell Hall, who thinks, oh my God, i got to go up and get this, and he barely misses, and, and Godfrey's right there to cradle it two hands for the touchdown. That's the best no catch because there's no guarantee they score in fourth down, and then they lose to Louisville, and they wouldn't have gone to the Fiesta Bowl that year. Has anybody ever asked Blake Bortles? Was he actually trying to throw it to Riddell Hall? Yes, and Blake says he saw Jeff, uh, okay. and, and that was the intended pass. But he can't blame Riddell Hall. He doesn't know that Godfrey's behind him. And... Yeah. um. I mean that was yeah, a, that was a, that was a that sick was a recruiting. Great... Uh, I mean that was a sick uh, receiving group right there. Oh, Harriman, Hall, Wharton, Josh Reese. I mean that was <laughs> the best. That that was the best receiving core in the country. Storm Johnson was running the football for them. Yeah, good lord. Yeah, yeah. Before before the transfer portal, they got Storm Johnson. Yeah. All right. Uh, straight ahead, World Cup, huge geopolitical match today between Team USA and Iran. Make sure you say Iran and not Iran, or you'll be chastised by Iranian reporters. We'll get to that. Also, NFL news, college football news to get to as well on the bridge. Christmas is a time to stay out of here. Daniels, is it too early for Christmas music? No, I I I believe that Thanksgiving starts the holiday season, so I no problem with people enjoying the holiday for the reasons that matter to them. Now more than ever, I think it's okay for people to feel good about things, and we got a lot of negativity that can be overwhelming, so if the holidays brings joy and peace to people, I'm all for it. You put up a Christmas tree. A lot of things in my house. You a real tree or artificial tree guy? Uh, my wife, everything's real. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Scott Harris said yesterday, "Did uh, I do Black Friday shopping?" I said, "Scott, at my house, it's Black Friday and Cyber Monday every day." <laughs> when the Amazon truck pulls up, we know all the drivers by their first name. <laughs> yeah. In Every, fact, it's so busy, there's valet parking for those trucks in front of my house. They don't even just pull up. It's like, here, we'll take it from here. <laughs> yeah. uh, every time I see the Amazon Prime driver, I always give them a thumbs up because those guys are 
on the ball, man. It's not just, I mean, any company, I I, I appreciate, uh, you know, those delivery people are out weekends, late night hours, and so forth. And I think one of the many advances in technology that we take for granted is how easy it is to have something shipped to you. It used to be the right. thought of getting it in a few days. Now, you know, there's some major brands. You can order something, and within a couple of hours, it's delivered to your house. It's remarkable. Yeah, back in the day, if you ordered something out of the Sears catalog, it'd take months to get there, Daniels. But that was the beauty of it. You love the wait, you know? <laughs> Allow six to eight weeks for delivery. You're thinking, wow, in six to eight weeks, my NFL pajamas are going to be here. <laughs> I remember back when I was a kid, even though he'd long since been retired, um, Ted Williams, was he endorsed like sporting equipment for Sears. Mm-hmm. Sears and Roebuck. And... For my birthday one year, my my mom ordered me the old Ted Williams baseball glove. Ooh, yeah. The Sears and Roebuck catalog. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, man. When that thing came, I got the old Neat's foot oil out, oiled it up, broke it in, Daniels. That's how you do it. And you used to put the glove, you'd, you'd put oil on it, and then to break it in quicker, you'd, like, put it on the, you know, underneath a chair or something so it would fold it over. Remember breaking in gloves when you were a kid? It's an art. It was yeah. an absolute art. Um, yeah, I used to love it. Put it under your mattress, under the bed, or whatever yeah. you can to break it in and everything. And it still didn't work right. You had to go out there and play like 8,000 <laughs> games before you finally had it right. Uh, that Ted Williams glove was a terrible glove, too. Terrible, but I loved it. Yeah. They probably paid Ted like 600 bucks for the nationwide deal back then. <laughs> you know? I think it was like... I think it was like $10 was how much the glove cost back then. Yeah. Believe it or not. All right, we're going to say goodbye to our listeners in Tallahassee listening on FM 96.5 The Spear. You can always continue listening on the iHeartRadio app. Just look for 969thegame.com. Otherwise, we will see you bright and early 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. Let's pause for station identification. All right, Daniels, before we get to this World Cup uh, story, uh, I, I want to play you a clip that we played earlier in the show. Uh, Terrence Ross does like a weekly podcast. Yeah. Former Magic player. He does a weekly podcast. So uh, he and his sidekick, I don't know who his sidekick is on the podcast, the guy who, who co-hosts the podcast with him, but they're talking about Markel Fultz possibly being back from injury soon and i want you to listen to terrence ross just talk about how the magic treat injuries listen folks is questionable tomorrow do you know something i don't know bro they they don't tell us anything anymore yo markel comes out i'm playing no matter what's going on with me but knowing them they'll probably play him tomorrow and we have a back-to-back and he won't even play the second one they're probably gonna let him play once every 12 games <laughs> okay <laughs> wow Daniels, Daniels. wow They'll they'll probably let him play once every twelve games. Are the play the, the play even the players are like what in the hell is going on? Are they not? Absolutely. I I mean, Terrence Ross has been around here long enough that when he says something, even like that in a podcast, it it, it to me it has some value because he he's there witnessing it and he sees it. And um, I I. I Mike, I've reached the point 21 games into the season. Okay, here comes that official disclaimer. I don't blame Jamal Mosley. I don't blame the players that are out there 
giving their best, and I don't believe any of those individuals are trying to lose games. And I just, what is it that I'm watching? This isn't the Magic team. These are pieces put together on a game-by-game basis because the league requires you, if you own a franchise, to put out guys to play 82 games a year. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I have no idea if Jamal Mosley is a good coach. I have no idea about the development of some of the young players that are supposed to be the core of this team. I have no idea about the status of guys that have been injured for multiple years. And you're not watching the Magic basketball team. A team is a group of, in this case, young players that develop over the course of a couple of years, and you add some pieces, and you see what you have, and that's how they compete and get better. Now it's who's available to play because we're required to put out a team against somebody else because forfeit is not an option. And and that's it. And the guys last night, I watched most of that game. They competed. They were in the ball game. Kevin Durant was Kevin Durant. It was good to see Powell play. But what is it you're asking anybody to watch? And you're a quarter through this season, and it's done. They're not going to win 14 of 16 anytime soon. So so no. so So what is the rest of the season? It's, well, let's well, see how the young guys develop and get better. Yeah, I, I, I guess the only, I mean, we had Dante Marcatelli on, and he said Markel Fultz and or Cole Anthony could play maybe the next game, right? And? So so that would be, if those guys, that would be two guys back. Jalen Suggs, it seems like he's not really hurt that bad, so he should be back fairly quickly. Mo Bamba, Chuma OKK, again, look like minor injuries. Terrence Ross. I, okay, I'm sorry to cut you off. Flu. Okay, well, I'm, I'm just. I'm, That's I'm the saying every week, and then and then nobody comes back. Okay, I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay, again, it's the saying every Carter week. Wendell Carter Jr., I don't know about, but, but Markel Fultz, you know, he, again, these guys should be back fairly quickly, except for Jonathan Isaac. And, again, we don't know about Wendell Carter Jr. now and that plantar fasciitis. Nobody knows. Nobody knows anything about injuries in the NBA anymore or, or uh, you know, most not, not even the Magic players. Right. Or the Terrence Ross. Right. So, so uh, you know. They don't tell us anything. Again, it is frustrating. I'm not pointing a finger. Injuries happen. It is mind-boggling that it happens to this basketball team by the number that it does, but you're 21 games into the season, a quarter of the year, and what is your fan base now? What? Well, so-and-so's coming back. Okay. So so we're back again to the same episode of, hey, wasn't that a good effort? Wasn't that really neat to watch that guy they play? Hard last, they played hard last night. Aren't you tired of that? We Again, I, 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 I watch we it. it. We, I, I like we, Pottle and Franz Wagner, and, and there's some good plays, but that's 21 games in. We're back to, hey, they played hard. We played a clip earlier this morning from uh, Coach Mosley, Jamal Mosley, and, again, he's trying to find the positive in everything. I don't know. He does it. it. I'm serious. To me, he's like a coach of the year putting up with that every game, but go ahead, yeah. Yeah, and and it it. Evoked memories, elicited memories of Jacques Vaughn. Remember, we used to make fun oh of Jacques God, Vaughn. Oh, my God, yeah. Huh? Yeah. And, and no matter what happened, Jacques Vaughn was always positive. And, you know, I would start playing the good ship lollipop by Shirley Temple every time Jacques Vaughn would give an interview because it was just always, 
you know, lemon drops and, and you know, you know gum, gumballs and lemon drops. Right. And, and look what it did. It made him look like Lovey Smith. Um, <laughs> and, and, and even though he won't be the coach long term, at least Jacques Vaughn could look down at the magic bench and goes, at least I have Kevin Durant. <laughs> you know, at least I can have him just go out and do this. I, you know, I, 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 I don't want to criticize the magic. Because what are you criticizing? I can't criticize the guys that played last night. And even against the Phil, uh, now, Philadelphia's missing their top three players. The magic gave up 133. Who am I going to rip? Half the guys that played shouldn't even be playing in the NBA. So, I mean, you want to rip, what, eight guys and four of them that shouldn't be playing? You know, you got to play better defense. Who are you yelling at? <laughs> What's the point of, you know, criticizing that stuff? There are only four and a half out of the play in. Hey, the glass is always half full if you put certain uh, angles to it. <laughs> I mean, I would love to have the team play those games that you are truly analyzing the night before about, hey, that possession or that went well or that didn't go well and so forth, but how can you rip the group that plays right now? It, it, I mean, it, it, I just I, I just don't want another season. This of, is it. I mean, you're already I into it. it. No, I refuse to b- believe it right now. I, I, I'm, I'm going to give it until Christmas. I hope I'm wrong. And like I said, I, I would love to. Can, can, we to at least say, can we at least give it till Christmas? Can we at least have some hope until Mike, Christmas? you could do it it's as... It's Christmas, Dan. Mike. It's you, the Christmas. I understand. You could do this as long as you want, okay? And there's nothing wrong with that. But can I just do this? Okay, the team is 5-16 and 16 right now, right? Okay. And it's based Christmas. on and, and based on what you're saying is uh, all these players are coming back, okay? Mm-hmm. I want you to listen to their schedule. Okay. I'll take you to Christmas, okay? Okay. They got the Hawks tomorrow here at Cleveland, at Toronto, home from Milwaukee and the Clippers, then back-to-back home games with Toronto, then Atlanta, then at Boston for two, at Atlanta, at Mm. Houston, home for San Antonio. That's the schedule before Christmas. That's not an easy schedule. No. No, there's a, when you have the Bostons, Milwaukee's, and Cleveland's, and Clippers, yeah. Boston back to back on the road. Raptors in there, yeah. Toronto home, back to back. They put the Raptors three times in six uh, in five games. At Toronto for two, and then a week later home for two. I, it, so, Daniels, are you telling me that waiting for the Magic to get healthy is going to be like waiting for that Ted Williams baseball glove to come? From the Sears catalog. No, you'll get it. It just, unlike your glove that you're able to break in, it'll never close. And whenever your friends throw the ball, you're going to drop it all the time. And at some point, they're not going to invite you to the next game. <laughs> Why? Because Bianchi never catches anything. So. <laughs> and, then, and then guess what? Your friends have abandoned you. Again, I, I, I would like nothing more than 14 of 16 wins. I don't know if I can take another season of meaningless games before Christmas even gets here. I can't take another season like that. I I can't. I I don't want it either, but, I mean, this is what it is, and it's the same stuff. Like last night, how many times has the Magic fan seen that game? And I'm not even criticizing anybody. Just the point is, hey, boy, really good effort by the group tonight, considering how shorthanded they were. It was. 
Right, but but how many times in the last X number of years is that the same storyline? That's the same storyline. No one's picking on the guys that play. No one's picking on Jamal Mosley. But you you can't compete in the NBA when you have so many guys out injured. And you know what it breeds? You know what this breeds? And it's it's been breeding for years now. Apathy. Apathy. Mike, you and I talked about this. If he ever really opened up, what do you think Nick Vucevic would say about his decade here frustration of a guy that performed at a really good level, made an all-star team, was a well-respected player and productive about how many meaningless games he played and how frustrating that was. And, you know, you worry about what it does to young players. And at some point you get numb. It's like, all right, next game. What city are we going to? Where do we eat? All right, that's kind of cool. Hey, we won. That's neat. You wonder, t- you wonder too. Like Terrence, Terrence Ross is obviously making fun of their injury situation on that clip we just. Sure played, sounds right? like it, yeah. Okay, are all the players like that? Do are they all like uh, okay? I'll sit, I'll sit out again with knee soreness. I don't think those guys do that, Mike. I really don't. I think well, I, I you know, I mean, there may be some players that say I don't feel like I can go, and. Then I think it's also yep. of hey let's you know let's be safe and let's rest him. That's how you do this. Whether you want to announce it or not, it's oh. how you do it. I know, I know. And, and I do think this is across the board um, in, in all sports, and maybe the NBA seems to be a little bit more. It's that yeah, so he's out a few more games, or the player's not in a rush to come back, and you know it's like all right. Just look across the number of games missed in the NBA compared to recent years. It That's what Adam Silver doesn't know how to tackle. Doesn't know how to do it. Doesn't know what to say. Can't ha- you know, can't publicly call somebody if you think they're tanking for Wembayama. Uh can't pick a fight with the players association, but everybody knows what the league thinks. It's like it, it, it's out of control of guys that are just yeah, load management, can't play back to back. Can't play three and four. So what they do, they tinker with the schedule to reduce the back-to-backs, put these two-game series where you're not traveling as much. Hasn't changed anything. Guys are like, eh, catch in a week. All right. There you have it. All right, let's get back to what is the biggest political sporting event we've had in years in this country. (laughs) Um, We'll talk about two kinds of football uh, when the bridge brought to Avenel continues next. Little double shot Tuesday here. Uh, Songs from bands named after um, primates. These are uh, songs that have a city in its title. Mm. Clarksville. Last trend of Clarksville. Uh, Double Shot Tuesdays uh, today. Songs that have a city in the title. 50857 on the text. Like Kokomo. Well, you know, that's always fun. What? One of the great uh, stories of that song is people kept calling travel agents and go, take me to Kokomo. Oh, you want to go to Indiana? Huh? What? 
There is no Kokomo Island. That is, is correct. Yeah. 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 So, anyway. Um, I've said this for quite some time. The last sporting event in which the United States can rally a country as an underdog is World Cup soccer. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this team is going to make a run that it could get to a semifinal or final. It needs to win today to advance out of uh, group play. Uh, and there are also very few things that can draw national interest that combine sports and politics. I think in the mm-hmm. Olympics we have very few of those moments. A Russia-USA game or match is not as big as it used to be. Uh, and yet because of recent news and political events, there's an added intrigue to today's match between the U.S. and Iran and you don't get that uh, much these days when sports on an international level comes about. As you know, even though you may not follow soccer as closely, mm-hmm. there are countries that will play, whether it be in a World Cup or another international competition, that, that have been at war for centuries. <laughs> and yeah. it takes a little bit different meaning. Uh, but today it's got a uh, an underlying theme to, to this match in many ways. Absolutely, and we all know what's going on uh, in Iran with the protests over women's rights and, you know, some of the violent protests going on over there. By the way, um, I'm a little baffled, like like the, the U.S. Soccer Federation, all right, they've, they've become embroiled in this controversy because on their official social media pages the other day, they posted, you know, they're promoting this match and they're they're showing the Iranian flag stripped of the emblem in the middle of it of the Islamic Republic. All right, they just showed the colors of the flag and they stripped that emblem off of it as a show of support for the protesters in Iran. All right, so that became a big controversy. Uh, Iran demanded that the U.S. be kicked out of the World Cup after they did this, um, and then. I guess the U.S. Soccer Federation put the official flag back up on the yeah. website. Is that right? Well, uh, what, response, what are they doing? Responsibility is totality. Um, just because, now again, it happened. The yeah. social media person director for U.S. Soccer, or whoever posted that, I'm not quite sure it went up the protocol line. And... I can't speak for the checks and balance at U.S. Soccer when it comes to social media postings. I'm going to guess, and there was a lot of speculation as I was looking at this story the last couple of days, that someone posted something without running it up the flagpole. But once it's out, you're responsible for it. That's just on you. And U.S. Soccer, I think, realized they had a mini-crisis on their hand and then tried to be at the forefront of it. I'm going to guess that somebody down the line that's posting stuff that you know, we're going to post a picture of practice. We're going to post a picture of these players that it's just common for them that somebody went and posted something that for that magnitude was not run up the flagpole and the U.S. couldn't be, hey, how, we didn't do how it. How could something of that magnitude not be run up the flagpole? You'd be shocked at how many people have access to click send. And that doesn't excuse it. And the U.S. tried to get out in front by saying, look, this is, you know, I mean, we apologize now they're, now, now they're so saying that was a one-day thing we just wanted to show support and yeah right which i think was pr spin I, I, yeah. I, again it's my guess that they never would have approved that and somebody thought hey this will show support for uh women and everything um and, and that's what happened uh the, the the clip that people are playing back of tyler adams the u.s captain asked a question by a member of the iranian press 
Mm-hmm. He gave a great answer. I wish Tyler Adams would have asked the person asking the question, are you married and have a daughter? And if you yeah. choose to answer that question, are you okay if their lives are basically controlled as it is in Iran? Yeah. And I would have liked to have been... seen that spin go back on the reporter to say, can you justify why behavior is accepted in your country like that when about 97% of the globe believes that <laughs> women should have that rights? Have, that would have been great. That would have been a great comeback. Yeah, it's I've got... Um, that, it's hard to think of that in the moment. Right, though. right. I mean, and I thought his answer was great as well. Um, yeah. I've got... Uh, Sean Gregory writes for Time Magazine. He's been a guest on my show a couple of times, and he wrote a really good piece about today's match, but he brings it back to the last time these two teams played in a World Cup, and it is eerily similar in a number of ways. In 98, um, Iran eliminated the U.S. in the World Cup, and political tension back then had reached a very high level. Um, you know, 98 is still years removed of the hostage crisis, but the political tension was certainly there from the Shah to the Ayatollah, um, and for that match, there was a lot of tension uh, going on. Um, the Iranian government, Mike, sent individuals into the Iranian locker room yeah, and took the this. passport of players and said, if you do not win, you will not be allowed back in the country. That took place during the match in 98. Just, did you see what they're doing now, according to many reports? The, because the Iranian soccer team did not sing along with the national anthem, in their first match, as sort of as sort of a show of support for protesters, according to these reports, uh, the families of these soccer players have been threatened with imprisonment and torture if the players fail to behave moving forward. Right, and and apparently they didn't sing, but they mouthed the words in the second match, and yeah. people will look today to see what happens. Um, you know, sports is a, I, it's a great unifier. Um, but You know what else sports is, Daniels? What's that? At least for me, it's a great educator because I have to admit, I mean, I try to keep up with, you know, current events and things like that. You know, I read the paper and read the front page and I try to read some editorials. I didn't realize that the protests in Iran were like this. I mean, I'm re- reading the stories now only because it's the World Cup. If the World Cup wasn't here, I wouldn't know how serious these protests are in Iran. They're saying these are the most serious protests since the the, the clerical government took over in like 1979 when Ayatollah Khomeini took over. Yes, you've never seen uh, the type of uh, uh, opposition that is happening, and the Iranian government is trying to hide as much as they possibly can. And uh, yes, so an event like this does bring out Stories like this that maybe people had not known about. By the way, the Qatari government today uh, uh, updated the number of migrant workers that they claim died in building the World Cup stadiums, which for four today was 30. What is it now? Uh, they, 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 they've upped it to 400. God. Which means it's probably 10 times that. Well, there have been a number of other independent reports that say it's, uh, you know, like 6,700, almost 7,000. And, uh, again, another story that is is getting some coverage, but 
you know. Not By the way, uh, who's who's the president of FIFA who came out before the World Cup like questioning people, you know, who were questioning having the event in Qatar? Gianni Infantino. Yeah, what a buffoon that guy is. Good God. Yeah, or you had Seth Blatter going, it's embarrassing that they gave it to Qatar. Okay, Mr. Greasy Hands, let's have you give an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're one, like you're one to talk about <laughs> ethics here um, along the way. Need you be reminded that you were with the hand out when they were trying to get this thing back in 2010. What's, dir- what's dirtier? What's dirtier? Um, FIFA or Auburn's ethics? <laughs> Athletic program. Uh, well, it's an interesting top three at the IOCs in it as well. Um, well, before you go, uh, just explain, or, or or does Auburn have to explain, or is it more about us? I, and I'm sorry we didn't have more time for this. No, it's okay. Does Auburn have anything to explain, or is it a case of, look, if you're not happy with the hire, then you don't have to be happy with the hire. We don't have to justify anything other than we're hiring him to win games. And if you're uncomfortable with his pass, that's on you. No, no, I think they should have to explain. I mean, you're you're asking. I mean, this, and I realize we sort of roll our eyes when we talk about this is college football. These are student athletes that the coach is leading here all right and Hugh Freeze doesn't just have a past with <laughs> that comes with you know NCAA violations he also has some some moral a lot of moral questions in his past I mean it would be like if Art Browse is hired all right Art Browse should not be hired without there being a lot of questions asked of the school and the the people doing the hiring about why did you hire this guy to lead your college athletic program, and, your college and, football program. Okay, and then what if the university gives an answer and you're not comfortable with it? I guess the point is, at what point do both sides accept that you're not comfortable, this is who we've hired? And by the way, I'm not saying that Auburn doesn't have to answer questions. The point is, answer questions to what? Auburn made the decision to hire somebody to win football games and make money for the program. If you're looking for a, a, a moral compass here, I guess what I'm saying is, then you're looking in the wrong industry. Because Since this sport gave up that moral compass many years ago. Not everyone, wanted, but most have. I would almost feel better if Auburn would say, even just say that. <laughs> if, right, if but you know said, why they don't say what, that. Yeah. Yeah, well, they don't. Why don't they say it? Why don't they just say, "Listen, we're in the business of winning football games." Hugh Freeze, yes, he made mistakes in the past. We all deserve a second chance, and we think he's a good football coach. Oh. And to us, to us, the most important thing is he's a good football coach. Well, I think they did everything except the last line. You know, um, I think they've done that, and I think what they're saying is, and I do think that that they have fueled certain people in the media to sell the point. And and here you go. Paul bought it. Yesterday, he was completely different than when he was grilling you freeze at the SEC media day when the NCAA investigations were out. And he, I mean, there's that video on YouTube of him really kind of doing a Mike Wallace Q&A of you freeze um, in, in, in Hoover about the allegations and so forth. And yet yesterday it was, well, you know, he's beat Nick Saban a couple of times and Auburn wants to win and, you know, we're forgiving society. It was like, wow.
Okay. Yeah. Hey, he's back in the SEC. Paul's got to promote him on the SEC network. Right? Come on, man. Just want to win some football games. What about, Mike? You know, get about uh, 13 Saturdays and fall. That's all we care about. That's all that matters. That's what Coach Jordan used to tell us, and that's what, what Coach Dye used to tell us, and we're we going to follow that same philosophy in Auburn. Peace, love, and ball peanuts. Have a, have a good show, Mark. Man. Double Shot Tuesday. Today's theme are songs that have a city in the title. 50857 on uh, the text line. Tuesday edition of our show. Next. 